and welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. Our last study was a break from reviewing the scriptural references in the Confession to give an overview of the issues and the difficulties involved in seeking to draw the line of demarcation between that which belongs to Caesar and that which belongs to God. Today we will continue with where we stopped with the fifth session of this subject matter. Previously we reviewed 1 Peter 2, 13-17 regarding civil government because it too was supplied in the confession regarding civil government. Now we will consider 2 Samuel 23.3, which says, The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. This passage is generally referenced with the second article of the Confessions. Oddly, it is identified with the first article of the Cumberland Presbyterian Confession of August 2001. Since the Westminster Confession and the 1689 London Baptist Confession are essentially the same for Article 2, I will quote the first part of the article from the Baptist Confession. It is lawful for Christians to accept and execute the office of a magistrate when called thereunto in the management thereof, excuse me, in the management whereof, as they ought especially to maintain justice and peace. The Westminster supplies piety prior to justice and peace, according to the wholesome laws of each kingdom and commonwealth. The Westminster does not include kingdom. As you can see, both Protestants and Baptists affirm that it is lawful for a Christian to accept and execute the office of a magistrate. Equally, this would extend to the premise that a Christian may lawfully hold any position in civil government. The passage under consideration affirms that not only a Christian should be just ruling in the fear of God, but this should be the character of anyone who rules over men. Notice that the verse does not say that he should be a believer in the Scriptures, or that he ought to be a believer but that he must be just. In other words, he must rule in a just and equitable way in all situations. Sadly, too often this is not the case. When wicked men without any morals are in authority, unjust decisions and actions are the results. Often unrighteous laws are established and imposed on society by unjust rulers. However, even under such situations, the Christian is to obey those laws unless it is in violation to the truth of the Bible. Obviously, a Christian or a just person cannot execute unjust rulings established by civil government. This is why those in such positions should never accept gifts, contributions, or assistance by anyone, but that is another subject. Regarding this, see Exodus twenty-three six through nine. 
When a Christian who is in leadership, position, or rules in civil government, he cannot support, defend, or advance laws or regulations that are in violation of God's Word. For example, a Christian judge cannot rule in favor of abortion because it is murder. A judge may profess to be a Christian, but a Christian is one who loves Jesus Christ. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Jesus further said, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. John fourteen twenty one and 24. The passage in 2 Samuel 23 says that the ruler is not only to rule justly, but he is to rule in the fear of God. Obviously, David was speaking in the context of the God of the Old Testament, Jehovah. However, the general understanding of society in unchristian nations is that there is a supreme being that is to be honored and worshipped, and that moral standards of righteousness are to be maintained. Voluminous quotes could be multiplied to support this. John Gill gives some quotes from heathen writers to maintain that God is known of all men. Here are some of them. Cicero observes, quote, There is no nation so wild and savage whose minds are not imbued with the opinions of God. Many entertain wrong notions of this, but all suppose and own the divine power in nature. Seneca, There never was a nation so dissolute and abandoned, so lawless and immoral, as to believe there is no God. Plutarch, If you go over the earth, you will find cities without walls, letters, kings, houses, wealth, and money, devoid of theaters and schools. But a city without temples and gods, and where is no use of prayer, oath, and morals, or sacrifices to obtain good or avert evil, no man ever saw. That's in Gill's Body of Divinity of the Being of God on page 1. As stated before, voluminous quotes could be supplied to substantiate this truth. Yes, there are some who profess to believe that there is no God, but the Christian knows that the Scriptures are true when it is when it declares of the whole human race that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Romans 1.19 Furthermore, Romans 2.14-15 affirms that the Gentiles which did not have the law as given by God to Moses do by nature the things contained in the law These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, 
Their conscience also bear witness in their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Therefore, unbelieving rulers can and often rule justly in the society in which they live, seeking to enforce moral standards and execute just penalties for the crime committed. It is generally accepted by all that murder, theft, and other such like actions are wrong and are to be punished. Also, much could be supplied to show that generally in every nation it is wrong to violate the liberty of conscience, especially with regard to religious worship. However, the text under consideration, Second Samuel 3.23, affirms that rulers over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. But it does not teach that civil government is to be connected with the congregation of God or to rule within or over the New Testament assembly in any way. Even though David spoke of the everlasting covenant that God made with him in verse 5, this covenant includes more than the New Testament congregation. Psalm 82, verses 3 and 4, is also referenced with 2 Samuel 23, 3 by both Baptists and Protestants to exhibit somewhat how rulers are to judge in a just way. These verses say, Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. It is evident that civil rulers are to judge the poor and needy on the same scale and standard as the rich and noble. However, one has to read into these verses to infer that they teach that civil magistrates or civil rulers are to establish religious truth or that they have power to call sentence or to be present in the business of the congregation of God. When God instructed the congregation at Corinth by the writing of Paul to exclude the fornicator in chapter 5, it was not suggested that Galileo, the Roman deputy of Achaia, Acts 18.12, be included. In fact, Galileo had no interest in the religion or laws of either the Jews or Christians, Acts 18, 14-16. Furthermore, Paul rebuked the congregation at Corinth for going to civil government to settle their differences, 1 Corinthians 6, 1-8. It is a sad day when professing Christians, even husbands and wives, go to civil government when there is a difference among them instead of being submissive to the ruling of the congregation of God. See also Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17 Time will not allow us to enlarge on this topic, but it is clear from these passages that there is no hint that civil government is to be in authority or involved in any form in the house of God. This concludes our study for today. The Lord willing, we plan to address the issues of the Christian and civil government in their connection with war. 
Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.